you as an investor in the farm don't have ways to get out, we would like to introduce secondary liquidity, secondary trading in the future. We're not there yet. And then you as an investor, you make money uh, from two sources. It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Artem Milichuk. And today we are the two smart assets. For those not familiar with Artem, he is the founder of Farm Together, a firm that provides unparalleled access to farmland investments, and he brings over 14 years of finance experience in food, agriculture, and farmland. Artem, my man, it is great to see you. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Danny. Yeah, super excited to have this conversation. Uh, this is a very interesting uh, topic that we have yet to speak about on the show. So uh, excited to dive into it. Before we do, tell us more about your background, uh, your story, and um, everything that happened prior to the creation of Farm Together. For sure. So uh, born in Soviet Union, raised in Russia, moved to Canada in 2007, worked for 10 years in investment funds there, then moved to US in 2016, and started Farm Together in 2017. Our background is... A lot of it focused on food and ag, investing in it. And I saw this massive untapped opportunity of uh, helping farmers grow their business, but also help investors get exposure to a great asset class farms. Yeah, that, that's awesome. So so when you were in, prior to, to forming Farm Together, right, you, you saw this opportunity, right? Was there, what was the spark during that experience? Like, hey, I'm going to go do this thing on my own and really provide a, a value to to other people as well. I think there were two sparks, uh, because when we think about investments in farmland, we think about individual investors and we think about large institutions like, say, BlackRock. Mm. Uh, at the time, I was working at Ontario Teachers Pension Plan, a big pension fund in Canada, a very, very successful um, surplus, which for pension funds is unheard of, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> and they were very innovative in how they approached investing in different asset classes. Uh, and they were starting to look at farmland at the time, but they didn't have anything yet. So I thought, hey, if even such an innovative pension fund is only starting to invest in this huge $10 trillion asset class, that means that I'm still in that early mover advantage category. Mm. And then secondly, at the same time, some of my early friends who later became investors, successful tech entrepreneurs, they were looking to diversify their portfolio outside of tech. And they were looking for something completely opposite, which is farmland. And uh, they couldn't find anything there were very few options and as i started looking more into it it just was bizarre that such a good asset class wasn't accessible to almost anyone so uh yeah i took the plunge happily knowing that uh you know people are gonna eat <laughs> exactly it's so cool right it's one of those things you have to have right so as as you know from an investment standpoint it makes complete sense right but so i do have a question so you know you had this idea you saw this opportunity and this gap that needed to be filled right but you already had experience in, in food and agriculture and farmland and that kind of stuff did your experience during those 14 years prior to starting farm together really help um you make that transition uh, successfully into creating farm together uh, yes and no. I mean, nothing can prepare you to be an entrepreneur until you do it. And then I will talk sure. about this in a little bit. Uh, but yes, in the sense that I uh, I understood the asset class really well. 
and what the demand was. When you think about starting a company, really what you're doing is you're building a product that people would want. And investment products are also products. They deliver you with certain um, benefits mm-hmm. as any product. In this case, investment return, uh, you know, ri- risk, low risk, uh, diversification, inflation protection, uh, sustainability. So in my heart, whenever things were tough and farmed together, what always has been my strength is knowing that this is just such a fundamental product that, uh, you know, they say you create either, uh, was it a, a pain pill or a supplement, right? Is it something mm. a must have or nice to have? Mm-hmm. And farmland, it's, I'm pretty sure that's a must have. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's just very easy to have conviction in what we're building. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Right. And I think again, from an investment standpoint, you want something like that. that's why, you know, we talk a lot about real estate investing on the show. It's a, it's housing, it's a need, right. It's necessary. And it's the same with food. So I think there's a, there's a compelling argument why, why people should be investing in farmland uh, or at least in, in that type of um, in that type of industry. So, so walk us through this so we can paint a better picture of, you know, how these things work. Right. So you guys uh, obviously farm together, you guys have uh, farmland projects. Can you walk us through one of those projects and maybe describe the process kind of from beginning to end, what that looks like. So we can kind of get a better picture in our minds. Absolutely. So it starts with um, talking to either landowners or farmers. Mm. And when I say talk to, it's different ways in which we hear about a farm called being available for investment. Sometimes it's just sold on an open market, which is, by the way, only half of all farms mm. anecdotally are sold in the open market. Unlike in, say, real estate, where you have the Zillows and the Lister sites, half of them will pass through trusted networks, and it takes time to uh, become part of that trusted network. But we'll find a farm that is for sale. Next, we will analyze it, and we do it using our technology called Terra, because there's actually thousands of farms for sale. Which one is the right fit? There's no also Bloomberg for farmland, so you cannot just go (laughs) online and be like, oh, well, this farm trades at 15 yeah. times price to earnings multiple. That's not sure. the case. So we also very fortunate that we look at all the farms that come up for sale and we're building our internal comparables table. So we have this good sense of what the market is doing. Uh, we then will pick the best ones and less than 1% of farms make it through a filter. So it's an incredibly selective process. After that, we will conduct uh, on-site due diligence. And if everything looks good, then we will syndicate capital on the farm, on the platform. So you as an investor, you'll go online, you'll see all the relevant information. We'll do a webinar, you'll see videos, sometimes interviews with farmers, et cetera. Uh, So you can make an informed decision and we'll make it as simple as it can be, but also as detailed as it can be. So there's prepared investment memorandums and decks. Um, So once the capital is there, we'll close it with title. So same as you buy a house, you know, there's a title process. And you as an investor, you'll own a unit in a Delaware LLC. So that Delaware LLC owns the title to the land. You own the unit to that Delaware LLC. And Farm Together Management, the 100% owned sub of Farm Together Inc. manages it. And we charge management fees, uh, performance fees. And then in 10 years, we'll sell the farm. Typically, it's 10 years. It's a long-term investment. So right now, you as an investor in the farm don't have ways to get out. We would like to introduce secondary liquidity, secondary trading in the future. We're not there yet. And then you as an investor, you make money uh, from two sources, uh, 
cash dividend that comes from either rent or harvest and well, hopefully price appreciation of land, which historically over the last 50 years have been about 5.9% in the United States. Okay. Sometimes can be more, sometimes can be less. Your total net returns are anywhere between 7 to 11, 12%, which is uh, kind of pretty good over long term, I think. If you actually yeah. look at S&P, you look at real estate, at bonds, at gold, commodities, farmland has performed in line or outperformed most other asset classes. And in terms of risk, you know, I think about risk from, I'll put on my nerdy finance hat perspective. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I did a master's in finance, so, which is, you know, the nerdy one is volatility, right? It's the standard sure. deviation of returns. I find it disingenuous and to some extent, uh, although farmland has done quite well there, it's about 7% volatility, which is much lower than stocks. But if you read the likes of Nassim Taleb and Black Swan um, book, uh, I think the way you and I would look look at it kind of streetwise is, am I going to lose money? Yeah. That's how that's I think it. about it. That's it. Right? Uh, yeah. Honestly, I think uh, common sense is unfortunately not as common and we need to get back to common sense. And so in farmland, Again, we come back to how do you lose money? Uh, is the asset class going to go out of step? No. So the way to lose money is either you bought it at too high of a price. So that's why we look at that. Uh, you use debt, which sometimes we do use. And then, you know, uh, maybe, uh, or you uh, poorly underwrote it where the cost of farming is too high. So we go through that analysis. But overall, I think what's important to remember is that you do have fundamental value of land as your real asset. So there's, I think, a lot of downside protection in investing in farms. I mean, and that's something, you know, especially people who are new to that type of investing, that's what they want to hear, right? Because they might not fully understand all the risks that are associated with this type of investing where, say, if they own a home, you pretty much know what's going to happen, right? And so you have insurance on the back end to cover any like natural disasters. So I think that's, it's important to know kind of what you're getting into with these investments. So I do have a question. So when you guys are looking to buy properties, I want to back up a little bit. When you're looking to buy these properties and, you know, you mentioned that you kind of funnel these down quite a bit, right? Um, there's a number of deals that you go through and you really whittle them down only a very small percentage that are actually potential deals for you guys or properties. Um, can you talk about some of that criteria selection? Like what kind of farms are you looking for? Is there specific locations and environments you're looking for? What does that look for? What does that look like on the buying criteria for you guys? Absolutely. So we only deal with crop farms and that means within crop farms, you have two types of farms, permanent crops. This is your almonds, your apples. It, they are, Permanent, meaning you plant sure. them and they yield every year or more often. And then you have raw crops. So this is your corn, soybeans. You plant them every year. Um, so that's the types of crops we look for. In terms of geographies, it's West Coast and then Midwest. In terms of the more importantly, the returns. So we mm. look for great price. We look for great farmers and partners. We look for in the West... Uh, great water rights, right? You want to make sure that oh, you yeah. don't run out of water. That's really important. Yeah. We look at changing climate patterns. We look at cost of doing business and we look at the end markets, right? So uh, for example, almonds, uh, long-term structural trends for increasing demand while supply is constrained because uh, almonds are mostly grown in California. And I'm talking about global market, about 80% of almonds are in California. Wow. Yep. Yep. California is number one. <laughs> um we look at also, uh, yeah, so I think for us, it's a fairly easy long-term trends where 
I think the trend is towards healthy eating. So fruits, nuts, vegetables, that's what we invest in. And they also are not dependent on government subsidies because they don't have any or have very little. Sure. So it's a fully free market. Um, Yeah, but overall, look, with farmland, you have decreasing supply of farmland. I mean, U.S. loses millions of acres. Um, a year due to urbanization, due to climate change, you you call you name it, and population is not only growing, but it's thankfully getting richer. But what it means is they want eat go to eating from you know basic foods to rich in mm-hmm. and fruits, vegetables, nuts, uh, organic, uh, and those typically have lower yields, and so you have that improving diets and increasing population. Yeah, and those are all important metrics to keep in mind, right? Especially when you're going out, and you're 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 looking at these investments and you're looking at these farms. I think that's huge. One question you mentioned, you know, you have like these farmers that you can go in and they basically like go, they're taking care of the property for you. So when you go out and you buy a farm, are you buying the those farmers and the and the personnel in place? Or are you bringing new people to come and take care of the farm uh, after you purchase it? Sure, answer is it really depends. Sometimes it's the gotcha. former, sometimes it's the latter. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. This is super interesting, right? And I, I didn't know anything about the, the almonds and 80% being in California. I think that's a, that's actually really interesting. But uh, um, okay, so, you know, I think, again, we talked a little bit about this before. Um, but a lot of a lot of people who listen to the show, they listen to they they invest in real estate, they listen, they invest in stocks or bonds or whatever, right? So historically, you know, can we kind of just walk through a comparison? I know you did a little bit before, but can we revisit that and um, how does investing kind of uh, the farmland investing really compare to popular investment other popular investment assets such as stocks bonds that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and you know what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take a look at quickly the latest numbers okay perfect uh, and you can see them on our website at farmtogether.com but um so when we look at farmland and when we look at really most assets as i said look at same as in any product, you have a number of criteria or benefits. And in the case of investment products, you look at long-term historical returns because that tells you what you can expect mm. going forward, but not guaranteed. You look at volatility, how how much it jumps, right? Which sure. is, a, is a proxy for my level of um, emotional stress. <laughs> yeah, right? when you When you invest, it's, it's sort of, if you look at the last 18 months on the stock market, I mean, what a ride, right? <laughs> and Absolutely. I, I don't know about you, but I, I have plenty of other things going on in my life. I don't need the, my investments <laughs> to be a source of excitement. For me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> and look, and there's other, and then correlation, which is, I think um, what's really interesting to me and this pandemic has been a great example of this. We kind of don't know the future, right? And what we have found over the last hundred years is that we don't know the future. And we do know though that if you diversify over a lot of different things, then you can expect to kind of make money, especially mm. if you look in the next 30 years. I think, uh, sorry, I'm going to muse a little bit here. It's just it's my favorite topic. But yeah, um, to me, investing is not about investing. It's about reaching your financial goals. And typically our financial goals are retirement, taking care of kids, or being rich, enjoying life. But for most people, it's fairly standard and it's a long-term horizon what's really important um so it's also lack of correlation diversification so when i let's look at farmland versus stocks bonds okay. real estate uh, and gold right because sometimes we hear from investors they see farmland as gold with a coupon which i completely agree <laughs> so farmland from 1992 to 20 to, uh, 22 so 30 years average annual returns 10.7 percent 
volatility, 6.6%. And then we will look at what's called the sharp ratio. So it's uh, comparing uh, returns to volatility, adjusting for risk-free rate. It's 1.2. Anything above one is really good. And you'll see that most other stuff doesn't get that. So okay. formula has this incredible sharp ratio. I mean, for me, having done CFA, looked at global portfolio modeling over many years, it's just insane. It's incredible. It's like basically in investing that never happens, almost like having a uh, perpetual engine yeah, there you <laughs> for are. energy. And then correlation to CPI um, is very is uh, quite good at 0.17. So, uh, And then it's uncorrelated to most other asset classes. Uh, so when we look at stocks, returns 9.5%, but volatility is 17%. So very high mm. volatility. Bonds, 4.6%, volatility 5.6%, so much lower returns, but slightly lower volatility than pharma. Uh, real estate in, in a publicly traded US REITs. Yeah. So looking at real estate, 8.3% return. This again, last 30 years. 7.6% volatility. And then gold, 5.4% return and 14% volatility. And then if we look at correlation to CPI, so typically with um, uh, kind of stocks and bonds, you have negative. So CPI goes up, bonds go down, REITs go down, real estate and farmland only two that go up really. But what's interesting in this is that with the pandemic, you know, commercial real estate right now is just being crushed. And if you ask someone five years ago, right, what do you think is the safest investment you can make in real estate? They'll tell you New York office space, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's just not the case anymore. So it's sort of, right. again, we, we, we don't know and like San Francisco real estate, right? We sure. don't know what the future holds. We do know that people are going to eat. So that's what gives me this kind of, and I think about portfolio construction for myself. It's farmland and then it's, you know, build up from there. Yeah, and I think that that's super important to be able to take that holistic view, right, of, of, of your whole portfolio and really what you're doing with it and why you're building this wealth, right? Mm -hmm. And I think being able to do this, you know, with the correlation numbers that you just, you know, kind of um, you mentioned, I think, you know, those are those are pretty impressive and they're telling, right? And it's something to definitely be aware of and uh, to dig into and make sure you understand why these these numbers are the way that they are. And because it's not, like you said, it's not just about, you know, what the kind of return you're getting. It's about volatility. It's about all of these things and making sure you take into account those when you're making these investments. So I love to hear that about farmland and it sounds like a, a pretty great asset to get into, right? For the reasons you mentioned. So, but you know, beyond beyond getting returns and these investment returns and making money, right? It seems there could be like a feel good component to these types of projects, oh, yeah. right? Oh, Is yeah. that a sentiment you hear from your current investors? And if so, how would you describe like basically the higher purpose benefits of, of, of these investments? Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, number one is you're literally investing in feeding the world. Mm. Uh, we have... Uh, you know, we're looking at getting those numbers so we can have them nailed down, but we've planted hundreds of acres of new ground, right? In, in fantastic uh, products from hazelnuts to apples to pecans, uh, creating many more jobs in that process, doing it sustainably. We're part of a standard called leading harvest that while not perfect, is a move in the right direction for measuring sustainability of farms. We invest in more efficient water irrigation techniques, right? Um, so it's, it's just, I think, yeah, definitely a feel good in the sense that you're feeding you know, the planet. Uh, and then every year we're trying to do more and more with what we do for sustainability, whether it's going to be carbon capture, whether it's uh, putting you know wind and solar farms on our, far on our farms, 
uh things like that so yeah no it's uh absolutely not, like i said i never doubt when i wake up if i'm working on something that has meaning in the world I think that's that's pretty awesome, man. Obviously, you know the the returns you get, financial returns are great, but then you know having that that meaningful investment as well that adds just a, a another layer to it, which you, you know it's it's hard to deny how good that feels, right? So uh, I love that. But um, so speaking of that, mine we're talking about Farm Together and what you guys are going on. Talk to us more about the long term vision of, of Farm Together and what you guys are kind of visioning for the next five, 10, 20 years, whatever. So we're going to grow as a tech enabled asset manager for farmland. We would like to add more financial products for farmers. Right now, farmers don't have the same level of uh, access to capital that a lot of other industries do, and I think it's a shame. Uh, If you look at real estate, there's just so many different options. They barely exist in farmland. Uh, We'd like to continue investing in sustainability, in carbon capture techniques. I think science is getting better and better there, in enriching farms with uh, regenerative farming in organic farming, um, investing more in our neighbors, Canada, Mexico, and around the world, uh, uh, potentially adding additional product lines, maybe aquaculture, mm. uh, timber, things like that. Uh, I get pitched uh, oyster farms. Okay. <laughs> so that's just look, uh, I think our broad long-term vision is to be a great capital markets and investment platforms for what's called natural assets. So it's everything that is kind of nature as an asset class, right? Yep. Uh, water is a big one. Uh, so I think we're still not even in the first inning. We just barely got to the baseball stadium and just are buying the hot dogs. The game hasn't even started. <laughs> I love it, man. That's so cool. And, and the, the vision that you guys have, you know, and being able to see what you guys are actually chasing and going after, it, it's a beautiful thing, man. So I love to hear it. But, uh, you know, this has been a, a super interesting conversation, man. I've really enjoyed learning more about what you guys are going on or what you guys got going on on Farm Together. But uh, before we get out there, tell listeners how they can find out more about, you know, Farm Together and how they can reach out and get more resources and just understand what you guys have going on. Absolutely. So farmtogether.com, a website. Tons of resources on their webinars, white papers. You can schedule a call with a client team. They're always happy to talk to uh, new clients, potential investors. Uh, this podcast is great, so thank you for listening. And if you want to reach me directly, it's artem at farmtogether.com. Awesome. We're going to make sure to put that stuff in the show notes so anybody can reach out and, and check it out, which I highly suggest you doing. Uh, I've been on the website uh, quite a bit over the last week or two. So uh, it's, there's a lot of good stuff on there. So anybody listening, go check that out. Artem, man, this has been an absolute fantastic conversation. Really appreciate you taking the time to speak with me today. Thank you, Danny. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the podcast. We're always looking to bring you guys the best insights and strategies for building our real estate portfolios and your ratings and reviews really help with getting top guest speakers that are the best in the real estate investing business. I promise this will only take you a few seconds and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for being awesome, guys. Cheers.